We've got, I think, 530 registered and approved or 550 registered and approved, but there's a ton of folks that have hit on LinkedIn, yes, I want to go, but I think the message we want to make sure people get today is you can't go if you just hit the LinkedIn accept yeah. button, right? You actually have to register for this event, and we're not trying to be jerks, but we're just saying the Minute Maid Park folks are not going to let you in the door unless you're registered because there is a QR code that'll come on Correct. your phone. They're going to take your temperature. They're going to scan you in just like they would for an, a baseball game, if you will. you got to have a ticket. Oil and gas today is more than exploration and production. It is more than the feet drilled or the hours of continuous pumping. The oil field is a group of people, companies, technologies, and institutions working towards providing the world with safe, affordable energy that is sustainable for the billions of people that depend on the success of the industry. The Oil Field 360 podcast is a 360 degree deep dive into the leaders of the industry who will provide listeners with a first-hand account of what it takes to build, maintain, and lead the energy business into the future. The Oil Field 360 podcast is brought to you by the following sponsors. Simmons Energy, a division of Piper Sandler, one of the largest and most experienced energy investment banking firms in the industry, offering M&A advisory, capital markets execution, and investment research. For more information, please visit SimmonsPSC.com. Lockton Global Energy and Marine, uncommonly different. Lockton is the world's largest privately owned insurance broker and risk finance advisor. Lockton's global energy expertise is centered in Houston and represents the largest concentration of energy specialists, clients, and experiential knowledge in the upstream, midstream, and downstream segments of the oil and gas industry. Visit LockedIn.com for more information. Tomahawk Safety, a leading manufacturer of safety gloves ergonomically designed for superior fit, offering best-in-class protection and helping you combat the industry's toughest jobs. Tomahawk is also supporting our frontline healthcare workers by offering isolation gowns, gloves, masks, and other critical medical PPE. For more information, please visit TomahawkSafety.com. Range Valuation Services. Range is the only oil and gas focused valuation and appraisal firm in the financial services industry. Range specializes in appraising and valuing oil field equipment, machinery, inventory, and property, and customarily works directly with clients, lenders, investment bankers, insurers, and private equity and debt sponsors. For more information, please visit rangevaluationservices.com. Welcome to the Oilfield 360 podcast. We are coming live from Houston, Texas in the Fletcher Azul podcast studio. I am joined as usual by the co-host extraordinaire, Mr. David DeRoad. How are you, David? Good morning. Doing well. You doing all right? Doing well. I had lunch with you yesterday and I got some emails from you late night, so I know you were up working late. This is an early podcast for us. Yes. Are you uh, game ready today? Always. Yeah? Yeah. Well, no, good. No sleep for the wicked, Josh. Yeah, well, listen, I have to get a little bit of sleep. I am... Uh, this year is just, you know, it doesn't feel like there was any break last year, did it? No. Like fourth you, quarter. You clearly need to get some sleep. I mean, look at his shoelaces today, guys. I'm pretty casual today. Yeah. I this mean, is, no fancy multicolor, like colors to the rainbow, Skittles. Look at my shirt. This I is mean, pretty awesome. You got your Dubai uh, Foot Joy. That's right. Uh, 
audience, what he's telling you is how good I look. And I like when David describes that I'm, I look great when you guys can't see me. We're on YouTube. That, that segues nicely. If you want to see how great I look today, I would go to YouTube and check us out. But uh, David, before we get it, one more thing here. You missed our first podcast of the year. Did you go back and listen to us telling you we, we missed you? I, I did hear that. And it, was, it, was, it, it touched my heart. It was heartfelt. Good. Yeah. Well, we are uh, about to kick off full speed. We've got a bunch of podcasts coming up. Um, we're starting with some friends of ours today. This is going to be a good one. You want to introduce our guests for us? We're starting with friends. Hopefully, they'll still be our friends when we're done with them. You know, we've told them like, we can edit things to it that won't ruin their careers. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's so a good, good start. Point. Yeah. So we got Mr. Sean Mitchell here joining us today from Daniel Energy Partners followed by Mr. Bill Austin from Daniel Energy Partners, and we're glad to have you guys here this morning. Appreciate y'all being here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, excited to be here. See, look how they're dressed. I mean, this is these are these guys look casual today. This is the new... Well, they're, they're casual cool. Yeah, it's the vest. The vest makes it look pretty awesome. Yeah. I took the vest off. I almost wore my Daniel here. Energy Partners vest. In, I mean, they're almost matching. They got, they got multicolored socks. They got, their, they got their running shoes. They can run if they need to. We're almost running same fast pants. at yeah. Daniel Energy. We run yeah. fast. Nice. He gets this podcast style. I like it. So let's talk about Daniel Energy Partners this morning. We were we were just uh, uh, talking about our good buddy, Mr. John Daniel, who's up in uh, Midland getting a taste of the uh, massive cold front that's coming towards Houston, barreling towards us, I think, this week. How's he doing up there? Well, he's doing fine. Uh, if you know John, you know he doesn't like the cold weather, uh, but he'll be the first to drive to Midland in the middle of a winter storm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and the guy spends more time in Midland than he probably does at home. His wife probably doesn't appreciate that too much. But, no, John's fine. Uh, we talked this morning. He, uh, he's he got a, a full schedule of meetings today. And, uh, you know, he's if you, if you know John like I know John, I've known him for a long, long time, he is uh, – always on the phone and he, he's either calling me or he's calling Bill. And if he's not calling us, he's probably calling Josh or he's probably calling you, David. So at the end of the day, John does a lot of phone calls, uh, not only with his friends and coworkers and partners, but he does a ton of, as you guys know, field work uh, and his letters from the road are obviously, you know, obviously you, you can see that in his writing and his research. So it's, it's good. He is but active. He is, he is doing well, and he is. Uh, he says it's really cold in Midland. I said, John, I'm not surprised. It's February. <laughs> well, I tell you, it is a lost art to talk on the phone, and I think John would rather talk on the phone than email, which I can certainly appreciate. But talking about how long you and John have known each other, you recently uh, departed Simmons & Company and joined Daniel Energy Partners with John and Bill. And Tell us a little bit about that, if you don't mind. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I am. Started my career with Simmons back in 2001. Um, you know, I uh, Mike Frazier hired me to join the institutional sales group, and literally when I decided to go to Simmons, I really had no idea what I was doing. I mean, I was going into this institutional sales role. I was an analyst at a bank before that, kind of doing investment banking and corporate lending in the energy sector. But uh, Mike Frazier hired me to do institutional sales and hadn't really like I said, no, no idea what I was getting myself into. But what I did know is Simmons was a great name. And obviously, if you live in Houston, Texas, and you talk about energy at all, you know, the Simmons energy team over there uh, has, has, has done some great things. And um, so I was very excited to, to join Simmons. And, you know, it was a wonderful 20 year career. And about 12 or 13 of those years, I got to work with John. And John, um, what I would say, in the analytical world, there's a lot of smart guys. 
that really don't know how to market themselves and just kind of stick to the numbers and stick to their writing. And John's such a uh, unique analyst because he is able to not only do the numbers and he's super smart and he's super in the weeds, but he's, as you guys know, he's super outgoing. And what I found was he's, he's one of those guys that when he goes into a meeting, people want to listen to him and they know that he's passionate about what he's doing. And so, you know, I'm kind of the same way. I'm super passionate about what I do. I was really passionate about my job at Simmons and I'm still passionate about the industry today. And I think when Simmons got bought by Piper Jaffrey, um, you know, we had a little bit of a change. I mean, Piper was great to us uh, and the cultures were similar, but John and I kind of both saw this vision of like, we really want to go try something on our own. And that was just a good launch point for us in terms of we had a little bit of a liquidity event and, you know, decided to go do this on our own. And when I say do this, what I really mean is we're we're really about two things. It's research and relationships. And John will probably want you to delete all this off the the podcast because I talk about it all the time, but I think it's so important to what we do. Uh, We really are about just two things, research and relationships. And when we talk about research, it's boots on the ground. It's Bill, Sean, and John going out in the field, talking to people, not when I say the field, not just in Midland or in the Bakken or the Utica or the Marcellus, but in Houston, Texas. You've got a network of folks that we talk to, and I I view that as super helpful to those guys in New York and Boston, right, or, or L.A. who, you know, don't have boots on the ground, right? And so we're kind of their eyes and ears in terms of uh, uh, investors uh, and, and companies. You know, I think we, we do a good job on that front, and I think people really see that value. And when I was at Simmons over the 20-year career I spent there, we clearly – had, uh, you know, what I saw was valuable to people that sit in those big institutional investor seats was, hey, these guys know people well, and the information we're getting from them is real, right? And it's real time. And so that's different and it's differentiated. And then the event side on the relationship side, I like to refer to that as events. And we'll talk, I'm sure we'll talk more in the mm-hmm. show about some big events coming up yeah. that we're doing. Um, but on the event side, we always tried to create something that was unique and different. Uh, at Simmons. And John was a big part of that. I mean, uh, and I was a big part of that. So, you know, when you think about events, there's a lot of Me Too conferences out there where you go to New York and a CEO has got to sit in a a room for, you know, an hour at a time. And it's just investor after investor after investor. And and a lot of them are 32-year-old guys that have just joined the latest and greatest hedge fund and trying to tell the CEO of Halliburton or NOV he doesn't know how to run his business. They don't really want that. And so John and I see an opportunity here to kind of really transform the, what we would call the traditional sell side model. We're not even going to follow companies. We're not going to model Halliburton and Exxon and Valero and Philip 66. But what we are going to do is we're going to help people better understand the management teams. We're going to help people better understand the strategy that, you know, NOV or Halliburton, you name it, is really embarking upon. And can that CEO or CFO or that management team actually execute the strategy? To us, that's much more valuable than providing a quarterly number. So that's what we're going to do. And one of the ways we're going to help kind of facilitate that is through conferences and events. And I think you guys are well aware of some of the stuff we've got coming whoa, up, whoa, and I'm sure we'll go uh, over it. Yeah, listen, you're, you're blowing our water here too early. We gotta- <laughs> before, before, we, before we jump into that, no, I, I agree with you. I um, I think that's the that's the critical thing. Financials are somewhat fungible, and they're they're also lagging indicators of performance as opposed to leading indicators of performance. And I think 
to your to your point, you can really get that when you're talking with these teams and understand their ability to actually move the ball forward, which is highly reliant uh, on inspiring people to help them do what they need to do. And, and some of the folks that, from those companies, I think, do a pretty good job of that. Before we jump into some of the other things, I, since we got Bill here on the podcast too, I think it'd be good, Bill, if you'd give a little background on yourself. I know when John kicked this off when he was talking to us about this idea, you know, a long time ago, you guys kind of started here in the offices with Josh yeah. and I and officing here. Tell us, tell us a little bit about your background for the audience. Yeah. So what's really funny is I actually followed John at Key Energy Services um, now over 10 years ago. So John likes to tell a story about how he worked for Key and just wore a bunch of different hats. And so I followed him there in 2009, but right before he joined up with Simmons. Um, and I had been a banker for a while prior to that, but this was my first foray into oil field services. And I was in New York and I came down to Houston from Houston, but like came down to Houston and I was like, oh my, I've got to figure out what the heck is going on here. And John gave me a ton of information. It was great. And that's really where we started our relationship off. Um, so I wore a ton of different hats at Key and then moved on to a, a bunch of other oil field services companies. Um, mostly doing M&A. So I'm kind of the finance guy, work at looking at deals. I've always done that throughout my career. And then, you know, last year when obviously the, the shit hit the fan around here, John and I had been talking about this, this you know, Dana Energy Partners and how he's about to start it up. And I was like, you know, why not? This is as good a time as any. You know, oil's negative. It'll be fine. <laughs> um, and we'll join up and we'll get something going. And and you guys were really nice enough to let us have some office space and kind of sit around and. Well, it, it was an easy. You know, first of all, we love you guys, but it, the world, nobody was going anywhere. Right. Everybody was. It was nice right. to have people coming around. Yeah. yeah. So, Josh needed some company. I needed company. No, we, uh, and we needed company too. We were sitting around like on two ends of a conference room, just you know, figuring out exactly what we wanted Dan Energy Partners to be. Like we had the idea; it was there, but we also realized we needed to probably pivot and do a bunch of different things while things were obviously pretty slow. So I, I did get some insider baseball watching these guys build the company up and, you know, found out about Sean at the Q4 when you came on board or whatever. But I watched Bill and John build this company from scratch in the middle of a pandemic. And the best part about watching them was, you know, look, we're all in the oil business at some level. We're selling different widgets or whatever, but services, the enthusiasm, you mentioned it a minute ago with, with John's passion, the enthusiasm from John was absolutely infectious. Oil truly was negative. I mean, and if it wasn't negative, it was in the teens. Um, so there wasn't a lot of positive activity. Uh, and John came in every single day and was like, we're going to do this and this is what's going to happen. And it would happen. And Bill was like, I got it. I'll collect it, pulling it out of thin air and kind of putting it into, <laughs> I mean, truly it was really cool to watch the entrepreneur spirit uh, go to town over the summer of 2020 and fall of 2020 and just kind of build what you guys are building. And you're obviously still in the infancy here, um, but you know, getting Sean to join is a huge deal and that's exciting. You know, you mentioned when uh, people listen to John, um, the reason they listen to him is he doesn't, he doesn't lie. He doesn't sugarcoat, but he doesn't sugarcoat to be nice about it. He just like, here's what's going to happen. And there's a, there's a truth that just, it's very obvious that this is truth. You need to listen to it. Well, and part of the, my, when I, when I said we need to transform the sell side a little bit, I mean, part of my 20 years at Simmons and watching 
this business unfold and kind of evolving with the business here is, you know, when you recognize that a lot of these deals, right, most investment banks and sell-side firms are built around, hey, we got to get an equity deal. We got to get the next deal done. Right. And it's really the investment bankers in the room that are that are pushing that agenda. And at the end of the day, John and I were big believers that you hold to what's true. And I think what's true is not always popular. OK. And so I think for us, we're we're going to hold to what's true. Now, if you don't like the fact that we think the rig counts going significantly lower or significantly higher, or it doesn't match your model. That's okay with us because sometimes that's what people need to hear. And I think that's why people in Boston or New York or L.A. or in other parts of the world that are managing money value what we're saying because they know that what we're saying, we're not, we don't have an agenda. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the problem with the sell-side model, in my opinion, today is so many people don't have a real feel for what's really going on because sometimes they don't get the whole story. Now, I mean, that's capitalism at its finest, but at the end of the day, that's where John and I feel like there's a there's a there's a way to do this and actually give people information that's true and differentiated that can also help them make money. Yeah. I mean that that's that's the end goal when somebody's, you know, telling the truth is, is not always uh, not always popular and, and nor is it fun, but it's always the right right way to, to do things. And uh, I would I would say that, you know, obviously been friends of y'all's for, for quite a while and having <clears throat> having you know real-time boots on the ground conversations and knowledge is is paramount and i think that's what's been well you know just, just an example of your real-time and, and we're going to talk about events i promise you i've got this <laughs> sheet we're going to go over <laughs> come on let's get there. yeah i know i'm excited yeah. too i really am but it, i think it really is important to to talk about like this isn't this is a lifestyle i i this is going to sound like a humble brag here, but I was in Switzerland with John two summers ago, 19, and we we're cruising through the Swiss Alps. That's a, there's a place that John likes to go, and I, he invited me, and I went. It was awesome. And we're hiking around, and I mean, it is stunning views of just the Swiss Alps. And we, would, and we were with a CEO of a pretty major company, and we would have a beer, and we'd walk a mile or two, and this got harder and harder as the day went on, but, you know, we're athletes, so we did it. <laughs> and... Every time we would stop, John would say, hey, you know, so-and-so, tell me about, you know, X, Y, and Z in the markets and this. And he would answer it. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. He's mixing a little bit of business in here with the walk. And then we'd walk another couple miles and we'd stop and he'd ask another question. I realized John doesn't, he's not doing this to get information. He's just doing this because his brain is constantly thinking about how the pieces of the puzzle fit together. I mean, that's a, that's something you can't, like when you're subscribing to the Daniel Energy Partners letter, letters from the road, I mean, you're really subscribing into the brain of, of you and your team that are collecting information and, and deciphering it for the layman to understand. It's incredible. No, it really is. And I think, John, to your point, he's, I think we're all, I would say all three of us are pretty passionate about the business. And I think one of the things that we're going to drive home time and time again over the next two years especially is we are not leaving the industry. We are not. You you look at the sell side, Josh, and a lot of people are retiring and getting out of the industry or you've got the latest and greatest oil field service analyst that's becoming a solar analyst. Um, And all of a sudden he's going to be, he's been doing services for 30 years now. He's going to be the solar expert. You know, to me, that's a little bit odd. John and I are not and Bill are not those people. It's not to say Daniel Energy Partners will never have someone 
dedicated to looking at that space or doing boots on the ground type work in that space. But what today, what we're about is sticking to the oil and gas industry and supporting our industry, which is why we're doing this big event. Yeah. All right. So now we'll transition a little bit well, for you. You got uh, something? The, no, no, no. I was just going to say, yeah, we're definitely transitioning. But I think to your point in, in the lay of the foundation to talk about, you know, the Thrive Energy Conference that's coming up, I think, I think to give a little background on on you guys and why you're doing what you're doing and how you're differentiated is 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 important to lay out for people that are going hey i've heard about thrive energy conference what is it and seeing all this stuff on linkedin and elsewhere and well before we get to the thrive i you mentioned the events have been a big part of what you guys have done yeah take me back three years if you don't mind and kind of how this thing evolved to where we are today because i because thrive is really the culmination of a couple of years worth of Right. Yeah. Events and, and activities you guys have put together. Well, and Sean and John, have, you know, like at, at, while they were at Simmons, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Like you guys started doing these events. The barbecue, Midland barbecue is really the big thing, right? Like that started and Sean and, and John can obviously talk a little bit more about that. But that's really where all these, you know, you, you always had conferences and events at Simmons, but like something where it really kind of came in from a grassroots boots on the ground, you know, level. And all of a sudden you've got 3,000 people in Midland cooking barbecue and John's kind of presiding over the whole thing. Well, I think what John really appreciated about what I used to do at Simmons, I mean, when I, again, when I got to Simmons, Mike Frazier handed me the Midwest and said, go get them, cowboy. You know, and I'm like, oh, great. I get to cover the Midwest, right? Uh, the new, you know, the money capital of the world's New York, Boston, uh, California, but I'm I'm going to Chicago and Des Moines and and Milwaukee and Minneapolis and it was, I used to call it the Milk Run, and so what I had to try to do when I was at Simmons is figure out how do I get institutional investors and company management teams together outside of our normal Vegas and Scotland conference, which by the way back in the day you had to have clients that paid us enough money to actually go to those events, and I was not one of those guys at the at early in my career. And so I finally went to Mike Frazier and said, look, I want to do an event that's unique and different in the Midwest. And I went to uh, Kohler, Wisconsin, uh, rented out some hotel rooms and some conference space, brought five or six CEOs in and had about 10 to 15 investors from the Midwest only come in. And we did a very small, unique event. And the the senior leadership, I mean, the CEOs that showed up for that event were like, this is what we need to start doing. Like this is, this is what really is great for our business. Like that, I'd much rather do this than go to a, sit in a conference room in New York. And I totally agree. Who wouldn't? Uh, so whether it's a hunting event or whether it's a fishing event or whether it's a golf event, I just think bringing people together in unique ways is much more valuable than sitting in a in a in a hotel room for three or four days. Right. And so when John joined, he was like, "I love this event." And he was just he was like my you know, kind of rock when it came to analysts getting CEOs to come to that Whistling Straits event. And so John and I immediately became very close, right? I was like, this guy wants to support me. I want to support him. But at the same time, we're supporting the industry. And I think for for me, it was a, a real eye-opener to understand that, like, just doing a normal conference where there's four or 500 people is great, but that's a Me Too conference. And so Again, John came to me in, I think, 2017 and said, hey, let's get, you get 30 investors, I'm going to get 30 company guys, and let's go to Midland and cook in the Petroleum Museum parking lot. And I said, John, I I think I can do that. We're, we're going to cook for them? And he said, yeah, 
you and I are going to fire up the grill and we're going to cook <laughs> for 60 people. And I thought, wow, that sounds awesome. So I, I gathered probably 20 investors. I probably under-delivered uh, relative to John. Uh, he probably had 40 or 50, so he well over-delivered. But at the end of the day, this thing turned into, once people kind of found out what was going on and that we were going to do kind of a field tour uh, uh, take some investors around. This thing went from 60 people to 350 people. We couldn't we couldn't even cook for all these people. We had to bring another cooker in. We had to cater KD's barbecue. Yeah. I mean, it, it kind of went viral really quickly. And I think that is the power of what John and I have been talking about for a long time and bringing people together in unique ways. Well, the next year, you guys know the story, it became a cook-off, right? And there's 45 teams cooking and the Kansas City barbecue folks came, CNN came, Texas Monthly came. Yes. I mean, there's actually a great article about this barbecue in Texas Monthly 2019 issue of Texas Monthly. And I think the the lead writer there called it the Woodstock for frackers. <laughs> I mean, it was unbelievable. And I think now the whole town of Midland is like, hey, I want to be in the barbecue. I want to be in the, yes. and we're limited. I mean, we are very much turning people away, which is good. The Kansas City barbecue people telling me that they had to give a class on how to judge the chicken in the barbecue. Yeah. And, and as I'm listening to this lady talk about barbecue as though it was the space shuttle, I'm <laughs> I mean, it was unbelievable the, the amount of details she was going into. I said, ma'am, I'm just, just hoping that this party, you know, that everybody has enough food. And she's like, well, what about the certifications? And that's when I called, you know, some people behind the scenes. I'm like, I, I may have overcommitted this thing. This lady is, <laughs> we are going to have a real cook-off. It's amazing how much the, the, the passion that the cooking teams put into that event was unbelievable, how much food was available. David, you, that's the, you didn't get to come. That's when you had your baby. You, you showed up, and then you had to leave that moment. Yeah, but I was there the t previous two years before yeah, sponsoring the beer. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I supply the— hey, uh, David, the that's too much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, so listen, that brings us to a pretty fun time right now in 2021. Obviously, 2020 has been exactly what it is. No need to, you know, talk about it any further. Um, but as I mentioned earlier, John's passion for pushing forward— uh, one of the ideas was a conference, a, an investor conference that is of the of the New York quality, as you mentioned, uh, but with kind of a more of a Odessa Midland feel where the relationships were going to be front and center. And I think you guys have that. I'd like you both to describe uh, your new conference or the, the first conference, not necessarily new, yeah. the Thrive Energy Conference in Houston, Texas, which is going to be February 24th, 25th, 26th it, uh, in Houston at the Astros. Uh, baseball stadium, Minute Maid Park. So I'll let you go first. Yeah. Well, so what was interesting? By well, the way, folks, I had to hold them off for 25 minutes. <laughs> they are dying to talk about this. Well, it was, you know, it was really, you know, we brought the barbecue. And so last, again, last summer in the middle of a pandemic where John and I thought, well, let's still have the barbecue, right? Like, why not do this in September? This, this whole thing will be over, right? No, no problem. Obviously we were very wrong about that. But at the same time, we knew we wanted to have a better conference. Sean's brought it up, a better way to bring people to, together. And we thought, okay, what's a reasonable amount of time that we can actually do this? He said, all right, why not February? Okay, that sounds like a good idea. And we both really like baseball. John has been talking about a batting practice that he went to at Minute Maid Park for probably the last 10 years. And he thought, why don't we do the batting practice and then we'll just have a conference after that? It's like, well, we can have it at Minute Maid Park. How awesome will that be? I think the Astros are open in February, so we should be good. And it just started snowballing from there. And we realized, again, that it was a pretty pandemic-safe you know, space. We could have it outside. We could open up the roof. 
we can have all these people together and why not? And so it's, it's really snowballed and we're really excited about it. You know, again, it's taken us 20 minutes to get here, but we want to talk about it in the last first two minutes. Um, but yeah, so we're going to have a great lineup. Before you go into this, let me read real quick. Safety is our priority. I'm reading yeah. your website here. The live panel discussions on the stadium big screen, which is pretty cool. Uh, hand sanitizer stations, touchless registration, temperature scanning upon arrival, social distancing seating and events, and then open air venues. So you really have thought of the, ne the necessary precautions to make sure that people are safe, right. that can come in. This is going to be one of the very first gatherings in Houston. So, I mean, I'm sure the Astros have made you guys take a lot of precautions as well. So, yeah, absolutely. Like, look, it, the Astros, we've, the Astros have been great. We've been, I mean, Josh, you've been there at least five or six times with us over the last couple of weeks. We think that it's, you know, everyone's going to be distanced enough. Again, El Grande is going to be front and center for all the panels, which will be really cool. El Grande is what they call the big screen, by the way, at the stadium. Do you know that? I did not know that. Well, and I think, to Josh, to your point, I mean, we, we've we taken a lot of precautions knowing. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I left Simmons November 2nd. I joined Daniel Energy Partners November 3rd, right? My first trip was probably to the ballpark to kind of talk about this event. And I was literally like, I'm excited, but I'm thinking, John, there's no way this is going to happen. <laughs> and your whole team and the, the upright digital folks are just, everyone's fired up. And I'm thinking, okay, I need to get on board. We're doing this thing. And I can tell you it is, um, you know, it is definitely going to be an event that you won't want to miss. And we can't, I can't thank the upright digital folks. I can't thank road you enough. I can't thank Winston and Strong enough for stepping in and be kind of becoming our co-big sponsor in the, of this event. I think they they see the value in the vision. I think John actually sold that vision to the to the folks at Winston and Strong pretty well when they went to the ballpark. And you know what's different about this event, Josh, that we really haven't talked about is it's an invite only event. This is not we're not going to allow every guy from around the world to come take pictures of all the equipment and go try to replicate it and wherever they live. Um, but at the end of the day, this is an invite only event and it's really designed for decision makers to come together. Again, we wanted to create something that was different. We don't want to be just the OTC trade show where people are out handing out business cards, looking for jobs, trying to take away trade secrets, right? That's not what this is about. This is trying to bring people together. And as you'll see in the conference portion of this expo and conference because it is an expo as well where guys are going to be displaying great technologies really one of the the big drivers here is efrac electric frac there's going to be a lot of folks there with equipment to and, and talk about electric frac but on these panel discussions we're doing at the conference in the train station which is really designed to be rich in content right it's not hey get up and talk about your company and how great you are it's hey we we spend a lot of time at daniel energy partners talking to folks about what are the questions that we really need to ask that are salient issues facing these companies today and it, some of it's going to be about energy transition some of it's going to be about traditional energy but i think at the end of the day what people will find is hopefully these panel discussions are super valuable in educating people about what's really going on in the industry and what we're all facing with. So to me, that's a, that's a, a big deal. The second thing I would say is, look, there's a ton of people 
Bill, you know the numbers better than I do, but I think we're at 550 people registered. That's amazing to me. I mean, when when your team, Josh, was saying, hey, there's going to be, you know, six to 700 people, I was laughing. I mean, I, I thought, you people are crazy. We'll be lucky to have 200. We've got 550, I think, registered today. There's a lot of people on LinkedIn that think they've registered. So wait, okay. real quick, that's registered and approved. Yes. This is an invite-only event. That's right. So you there, and that's not to be rude to the industry. It's just this isn't really a trade show. No, this is an investor conference that's going to have some niche booths available, and I say booths, but um, displays. Displays, yeah. yeah, really. And there, are, there's some outdoor equipment that's going to be incredible to there look at as well. Some outdoor equipment well, as well. It, it's it's a place. It's a it's going to be an event that's bringing a lot of very interesting, um, talented and busy people together. And not only is there going to be some great discussions, I think held in the panels, but also like all the other events y'all have done in the past, it's, it's discussions that will be, you know, that'll be catalyzed by, by the event that'll, that'll take place during that time. And, and, and for, you know, months and years afterwards, I mean, I've, I've been party to, you know, business deals that have, that have been broke right there, you know, at, at previous events and, and, uh, talks around, you know, doing business together and mergers and this, that, and the other. So it's a, it's just a neat venue to have your atypical investor conference with a little bit of, of, uh, NAEP and OTC all rolled into one. That's a with, great with way of describing it. Right right. yeah. And I do want to go back to and finish the, sorry, close the loop on, look, we've got, I think 530 registered and approved or 550 registered and approved, but there's a ton of folks that have hit on LinkedIn. Yes, I want to go. But I think the message we want to make sure people get today is, you can't go if you just hit the LinkedIn accept yeah. Yeah. button, right? You actually have to register for this event, and we're not trying to be jerks, but we're just saying the Minute Maid Park folks are not going to let you in the door unless you're registered because there is a QR code that will come on Correct. your phone. They're going to take your temperature. They're going to scan you in just like they would for an, a baseball game, if you will. you got to have a ticket. And so for the people that think they're going to show up at the door and just like, I don't want to register. I there don't is have time no to on-site registration. There's no on-site registration. So it's a little bit unique and different. I, I think it's also important to say, though, too, that people are hearing the numbers that, that have amassed. And, and it's no surprise to me that the, the amount of attention the events are tracking. But – uh, John Daniel, who I love dearly, is also the biggest germaphobe I know alive. <laughs> and so, yes, you know, John right. is John is not gonna John is not gonna be involved with something that that you know he's where people um, you know have a high likelihood of getting sick or getting him sick. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, for for a guy that's been on the road probably more than anybody that that any of us know, without question, without question, he still hasn't. You know, he's been as safe as anybody else through this whole COVID thing, which, look, you all, we all want to be safe. No one really wants to get COVID, but it's been amazing that he's, well, he's in Midland today. It's his 13th trip to Midland since April. A quick word from our sponsors, and then we're right back to the show. Prang and Associates, the global energy search leader. Prang and Associates is the world's leading executive search firm totally dedicated to the energy industry. Over our 39 years, we have assisted more than 750 management teams and boards in 75 countries and conducted nearly 3,600 engagements. For more information, please visit prang.com. Daniel Energy Partners, in-basin research you can trust. A leading provider of U.S. oil field research known for its original boots-on-the-ground research approach, as well as its famous barbecue events. 
Daniel Energy Partners utilizes both its extensive network of top oil field professionals and frequent in-basin field tours to provide real-time market intelligence. Visit DanielEP.com for more information. Galtway Marketing. Answer this question. What makes your company different? You have seven seconds to catch a customer's attention. Galtway Marketing can build your brand and craft your message for maximum impact across all your marketing efforts. Visit galtwaymarketing.com slash 0360 to bring your company into the 21st century. Thank you to our sponsors. And now back to the show. That's 13 incredible. trips. Yeah. I think he's got the su- I think he's got the super immunity though. Cause yeah, you remember when be. we were in Midland Yeah, and I came back and, and guess know. who didn't get it when I was with you? Yeah, that's right. Super immunity. Super yes. immunity. <laughs> the, All of us. We, we come back from that trip. I think trip. y'all are drinking out of the same coffee cup <laughs> yeah. or something. I don't know David, what's going on. David uh, was supposed to go fishing that next weekend. I was you supposed had to, to go to trip. Alaska, and I had to get tested before I went. So he calls popped. me up, and he says, uh, he says, man, I can't go. I said, what? You're kidding me. He goes, he goes I know you're the one that gave it to me. <laughs> <laughs> but I said... Go back to John Daniel though. I mean, every I mean, John must have called me every day for at least two weeks, wanted to check on me. Yeah. To make sure I wasn't dying. He also wanted to make sure that if it was severe, that whether or not he should really take it seriously or not, I think truthfully, but <laughs> but uh, that's the kind of guy John is. But uh well, yeah. so there's a lot of information here. I'm on your website as I'm uh, looking at it. so DanielEP.com is your the main website yep. for Daniel Energy Partners. And then on there there is a page for the Thrive Energy Conference. Um you know, for as conservative as a uh, conservative as a group as you guys are, the Thrive Energy Conference, I, I love it. Where'd you guys? How did you guys come to this name? I mean, I know there was a bunch of names na- thrown out there, but what made you pick Thrive? Oh man, that's a really tough one. I feel like Josh, you were in the room for this one. Well, but I, um, I was. That's not a softball for me. Shameless plug. No, 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 no. I actually wanted. I was trying to go for some other more conservative names, and you guys went for Thrive. And I, I do remember. I, I do remember the answer on it, but. Uh, well, no, so I think that we really just wanted to, you know, again, Sean's hit on it a bunch. You know, we're big fans of the industry. We're not going anywhere in the industry. We want traditional oil and gas and services that surround it to thrive. There you go. Yeah. The, the, the the word just kind of like pops out at that point. And so that's where we started rolling right after that day. And by the way, again, I want to reemphasize, we are not saying that there's no need for wind and solar in the equation, but we do believe, we're huge believers that there is a massive need for hydrocarbons, both oil and gas, not for the next decade, but for the next two or three decades. Look, I just read the IEA um, 2021 outlook report for India this morning. I was going through that. And when you look at what those people are going through, right, it is amazing industrialization, urbanization that is going to, it's going to take oil, it's going to take gas, it's going to take solar, it's going to take wind, it's going to take everything in our power to make those folks just have reliable uh, sources of energy. Not, not, we're not even talking clean energy, we're just saying reliable sources of energy. Today, these folks are still burning wood and dung and things of that nature to produce power. I mean, it, it's kind of crazy when you think about, and that's where m- what most people don't understand about this industry is th- the growth in U.S. for oil is not where the story's been for the past 20 years, really, when you think about it. I mean, the, the, the growth for oil and gas has really come from China and India. 
And I, I think that's that's absolutely what we're going to see for the next couple of decades. So we we still are big believers in the oil and gas business, and that's why we're here. And that's why, you know, again, Thrive is, to, to Bill's point, as it was well said, you know, we want to see the industry thrive, and we think we will. Yeah. I think oil and gas makes modern life possible. I've said that a gazillion times. But even if even if you go back to, to solar and wind, while we're on the topic, I mean, solar and wind do not exist without the oil and gas industry. People have got to understand that, whether it's going into the manufacturing of the of the of the turbines and the solar panels themselves to the checking on those those solar panels driving out there. How do you think they're driving? I mean, it's just people have really got to dig a little bit deeper. I think the industry's got to do a better job of educating the general public. But I appreciate what y'all are saying and and I and I support you. The reality is to your point, Sean though, with India and in in these countries as they start to emerge uh, into modern society in in a lot of ways there's going to be a need for all sources of energy because you know there's not enough as it stands today, which is people have got to Appreciate and understand. Even even the the uh, current oil production, I think, is going to have to increase to to uh, you know meet the demands of uh, of the growing you know world population. So, well, and I think you're seeing it in the commodity price today, right? Yeah. I mean, I think the 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 demand recovery uh, for oil. I mean, look, we saw the biggest demand shock we've seen in a long, long time in the second quarter. Right, we lost we lost over twenty million barrels a day of oil demand in 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 the in the click of a button, if you will. And I think what we're seeing today is demand is recovering probably faster than people thought it would. I think there was a lot of folks that said, "Oh, we won't get back to hundred million barrels a day until two thousand twenty four or twenty five And I think a lot of people were saying twenty two, twenty three. And I think I'm not saying we're going to get back to hundred million barrels in twenty one. Look, you still have jet fuel which represents about 8 million barrels a day, and a lot of that is gone. And that's going to be slower to come back, right, than, than on, on, on the road uh, fuels. But at the end of the day, I think when you look at the world today, I think we're going to get back closer to that 100 million barrels a day of demand. And it might be late, you know, late 21, early 22, but you're going to get a lot closer to that than you think. And, I, and it's showing up in the price. I mean, that... Prices aren't going higher just because, right? I mean, people are starting to see that, and I think there's a lot of talk when I listen to the conference calls, whether it's a refining call, whether it's a, a big midstream conference call, whether it's a big oil field service company or a big EMP company. Every single one of these folks, I think, are somewhat, uh, I guess, more positive than I would have guessed. And I think a lot of it is dependent on vaccines working, which I 100% agree, like vaccines have to work and we kind of have to get things going again. I think that's going to happen, though. I really do. I, I'm a true believer that I'm not going to say that this is not this pandemic isn't a big deal. It is a big deal. But I think we're going to come out of this thing uh, faster and stronger than people think. I agree. So, so let me ask you one, one quick, quick question. Do you think the discipline that has been generated or is being pushed on companies given the low commodity price and, and demand environment that we've been in going to swinging back to a larger, higher oil price and, and demand increasing, do you think companies will maintain that discipline so they can truly thrive in a higher commodity price? Or do you think that uh, it'll get frothy again and 
We'll go back to the give me just one more boom, and I promise I won't screw it up. Well, I think if you listen to the calls, right, they're all saying the right thing, which is they're maintaining capital discipline. And I think for some, they have to. Uh, they, they really don't have a choice. And I think generating free cash flow is something these folks have never really been able to do through cycle, right? And, you know, I think that the reputation they have today is they've been throwing money into a bonfire for years and just it, it, it and the shareholder never really gets rewarded for that. Right. And so unless oil prices are going significantly higher, the shareholders have somewhat left, been left behind. And even when oil prices have been going higher, look, the energy has only outperformed the S&P two years in the last 12 Right. That's not a great track record in terms of performance. And so I think the investment community finally said enough is enough. It basically said, if you don't do this, we're not going to invest. And they're still not really invested when you think about it. It's still two and a half percent of the S&P. Energy as a sector is only two and a half percent of the S&P 500. Right. So we're still not there. And then Leslie asked me, a buyer from PSEC asked me on a, a podcast we did earlier this year, what gets investors back into the space? And I think my answer is still the same. I was like, number one, I think you need a higher oil price. Oil prices need to move higher, which they have. And number two, I think when a guy that sits in Boston or New York starts to underperform because energy is outperforming the broader market enough to actually impact his portfolio, he's going to start paying attention again. And I think that's what we're going to see happen. I really do. I mean, look, it, there's no doubt these stocks are, I mean, I, I send out a morning note on Monday. John does his Sunday night, then I do mine on Monday morning. And in my note this week, I basically took a snapshot of energy, uh, the OSX, the XLE crude versus the S&P and the Dow. And it's like, we're significantly outperforming the first part of this year. We'll see how long it lasts. But I'm telling you, if you get a year of, hey, energy is up 20 to 25 percent and the S&P is up 3 percent, you get 24, you know, percentage point outperformance. It starts to matter in a portfolio. And, and, and a portfolio manager can say he doesn't care about energy and it's done forever until it starts to impact his performance because that's what that ha that's how he gets paid. It's a world of economics, right? It's not uh, really yeah. economics. Yeah, yeah. 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 it actually matters. So at the end of the day, my answer really hadn't changed. I think I think investors come back to the space when it really starts to impact their portfolio and it's underperforming because they're not involved and they can see that like, hey, there's a clear line of sight to higher commodity prices. But back to your point, the guys in the space need to keep that discipline. I mean, that capital discipline needs to stay. You can't, it's not, we're not going back to the, the salad days or right, you're sitting here right now in, in February, we can't say we're going to go back to those days. Because um, if, you, if you overspend your CapEx again, oh man, I, well, I, mean, I can't imagine shareholders will ever be happy. Hopefully the people that made those, some of those mistakes didn't, you know, that, that, They've made it through 20. If they made it through 20, That's right. then they have a different opinion on it. Because, look, you mentioned Leslie Beyer and Peace. It's actually not Peace anymore. I know I'm, I'm, the new name is the Energy, Energy Workforce and Technology Council. Energy Workforce. Sorry, Leslie. Yeah, no, no, no. It's it's a, it's good to point out, it, but the, that's, that's that's new. Yeah, it's new within the last 10 days or so. But what matters there is that's an 80 something year old organization pivoting with the times. And, you know, you mentioned uh, some of the events you guys are doing and how you guys are taking a different approach. This is a different oil field. I mean, it's going to be different. There's some things that are going to remain this. I mean, fundamentally, people need energy, so that's going to be there. But you are, and I, I do personally believe, in fact, you know, David, I want to throw you into this lumpy to this as well. But, you know, Daniel Energy Partners and the entire group there, David, and some of the things you guys are doing with the ESG Council, like this is, this is the new thought leadership of our industry. 
and they're the guys that are going to be at this guys and girls for that. And a lot of women at this conference, speakers, et cetera, like this is, this is what the new oil and gas world is going to look like. So I think, um, I think thrive is going to be maybe a, a snapshot of what the next 10 years looks like in our industry. And I, I, well, I just want to say one other thing that's really different, and, and, and it just came to my mind when you said that, that this is changing, the industry's changing. You know, a uh, typical sell-side conference, you know, doesn't have guys from different investment banks. Like, we've got Jim Wicklin, right? He's given him the opening macro salvo. We've got Marshall Adkins from Raymond James doing a panel, a panel discussion with John. We've got... Maynard Holt doing a panel discussion with John or with Bill. We've got, um, you know, uh, a retired gentleman by the name of Lauren Singletary doing an interview with Jeremy Thickpin from Transocean. So we're bringing a lot of different, and Dan Pickering, right, from Pickering Energy is bringing, he's going to do a, a panel discussion with us. So we're, we're actually bringing what we think are some thoughtful people into this, into the mix. Um, and, you know, and we're, we are not today an investment bank. So we're not worried about, you know, getting a fee for investment banking, right? But we're bringing what we think are smart people to the table to help facilitate some of these discussions. In fact, two of our old colleagues at Simmons, I mean, Pierce Hammond's doing a panel discussion and an interview with the enterprise CEO and Spencer Ripstein and I are doing a, uh, moderating a water panel. So, and he's from our investment banking group at Simmons. You so know, I, let's just don't leave that for a second. That is, I did, I, you, earlier you were talking about, uh, look, Simmons is a sponsor of the podcast and they've been great to us. And that's really how we developed a lot of our relationship. But as you're talking about, the competitors at some level and research and investment bankers coming together, that shouldn't be taken lightly. I mean, you're, you're talking about bringing the all of the thought leaders for the industry together in one event with a uh, kind of an open source of information. Like this isn't our, this isn't Daniel information. This is the industry's information. Let us bring the people that matter together for the benefit of everybody so they can thrive. I don't mean to you know throw that little uh, wordplay in there, but it is incredible that uh, you, some of your ex-colleagues, you were there 20 years. And, you, and look, when you leave three months removed from a 20-year relationship, the fact that they're coming on, I, I just love that. I love that the relationships are still strong and uh, that, that partners are working, willing to work with each other. Well, and what I'd say too, Josh, is, is John and I left Simmons on great terms. I mean, John and I left with the, you know, I mean, my, my, you don't depart a company very often at, at that level and actually have a conversation with the CEO, right? And that's the kind of conversation. I actually had a conversation with the CEO. We talked a lot. He called me at home. I called him back at home. I mean, like we had real conversations about, you know, what your passion is. What are you doing? Do you really want to do this? And I said, I do. I mean, I'm, I'm passionate about this. And John and I have a vision. And, uh, you know, I just think the industry on the sell side is going to evolve over time. And I think there's going to be fewer people. I mean, look, there's a ton of people. As I said earlier, there are a ton of great analysts walking out of Wall Street today. And there's a reason for that. And we just think the model needs to change a little bit. And that's what we're hope we hope we're on the front end of that. So uh, off air, I was made fun of my new technology that I've got in my lap right now, but I've got a little tablet and I'm looking at some, uh, uh, some speakers. I'm, I'm on your website again. The amount of speakers you guys have, the, the level of quality is just it. Yeah. I mean, I've never seen one like this before. We're it's really incredible. excited about it. 
I mean, like you look at again, you know, Josh, you're looking at the website, but it's a pretty wide ranging group, upstream, downstream, midstream, you know, trying to touch a little bit of everything. Large cap, small cap. Yeah. It's incredible. Y'all are still not that very, not very discriminating. I mean, you let Josh and I on a panel, which is. (laughs) And then you guys let us on. So we can go both ways. Well, I think we're the last day, right? Are we the last day? We could, we, yeah, this, we're the the best for last. (laughs) See, Josh is already rubbing off on me. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking at your sponsor list here. So your speaker list is, I've never seen one this good ever. And then you go to the sponsors. It is again, phenomenal. It's every major oil field company, uh, manufacturers, you have, uh, oil field services, professional services, um, large, I mean, Caterpillar, you have major, major players out there. Um, how has the response been? It looks like it's been incredible from your, from the people that you've yeah, reached look, out to. Again, the, the, you know, again, Sean hit on it, research and relationships. The relationships that we've all built through our careers have been pretty solid. And when we started reaching out on this event, really, you know, last fall and then all the way through to today, the response has just been fantastic. We've gotten such great support. Yes, people have, we've had probably more conversations because of COVID, because this is the first, you know, really in-person event that anyone's going to be involved with. But as we've talked them through it, people have just been ready to line up and be a sponsor. You know what, just it reminded me, and, and if you guys don't like this, we can take this out, but this, John, you guys aren't trying to make money on this event. That was the other thing that this, this is the kind of, when you look at the speakers and the sponsors here, this could easily be a money-making event for a new company, a less than 12-month-old company. Yeah, I think, Josh, it, it brings up another great point about John and his passion. I mean, we're very passionate about the industry, and we want to have um, – we don't want this just to be another Me Too event. We want it to be a great event, and we want people to want to come back. And for us, it's not – we don't – not. Let me, let me rephrase. We're not trying to make money. We just don't want this event to end up – coming out of our our company's checkbook, right? right. So yeah. we're trying yeah. to there's avoid a, losing money. And I think there, if, yeah. if we can do that and educate people and have a place where people can come and network and thrive, right? Yeah. Learn, network, and you thrive. You could easily kind of, have turned this into a, a we got to make up what we lost in 20 event and you didn't. It's clear that this was for the industry. Yeah, no, it is. And again, we want the industry to understand that we're here to support the industry. And, and we are here and we're going to be doing this for a long time, right. we hope. And, yeah. and I think we will. Uh, but, but at the end of the day, no, look, we absolutely, and it may turn into a money-making event in, in future years, but that's not, that was not the intent when we started, which is how some great things happen, right, to people, right? You don't always Best go intentions. down the road yeah. of, hey, I want to make a bunch of money. It's just like my career, really. Honestly, my kids ask me all the time, Dad, how did you end up staying at Simmons for so long? And I said, I love what I do. And I'm passionate about it. And I get up every day and I want to go to work. And it's not necessarily because of the money. I really do like what I do. And so I think when you put those kind of folks together, and I think John's in the same boat, and I think Bill is as well, when you put that kind of partnership together, I think we're going to do great things. And, you know, if we make some money along the way, great. Mr. DeRoe, do you have anything else? Yeah, I forgot you and I are going to be doing it. We're going to be doing a podcast from yeah. the press booth at the Astro Stadium, which is pretty cool. Yeah. You excited about that? I mean, this will be the closest. I already think I'm famous. So <laughs> to me, it's delusion is really my best friend. He gets to so. sit next to the Astros, the pictures of all the Astros, yeah. and then he's made famous. <laughs> no, it'll be great. We're going to be <laughs> doing exactly some, right. some great podcasts from the event. So obviously, we, we want this thing to be great as well. But uh, and we're also doing a panel with uh, some of our 
previous guest. Yes. Bliffin and military and veterans Ian in the Fox industry. And, yeah. I'm, I'm excited about all those guys, but Ann Fox is still one of my favorite interviews we've done. So she was great. It'll be good to see her again when we get Jamie there. Jamie Peace. So yeah. It'll be good. You guys do great. I mean, you ne- never, either one of you, you've never done a podcast before? No. I mean, we asked this question and we already know the answer, but have you ever been on a better podcast than this one? The answer is no. just the only one. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll take that. <laughs> so this is the best one you've ever been on. I like that. Dave, do you have anything to kind of close us out here? No, just uh, glad to be back doing this. It, we took a little hiatus from uh, holidays and, and uh, COVID stuff. I'm a little disappointed that uh, your your shoelaces are underwhelming this morning. Not very colorful like they normally are. Yeah, and, it's still uh, good, though. It's still, it's kind of early for you, though. I mean, it is. I'm about, what is it? I don't even know what time it is. I'm about to go get my second espresso. And we have another guest coming this afternoon, or right after you guys. And usually espresso number two is the one that just makes me really a chore to be around. So it's going to be, it's going to be great to interview this guy next. Well, but our next guest, JP Feldhansen, he's going to be coming in hot. JP's a great guy. I don't know if y'all know JP, but, uh, he's, uh, he runs Musket Corp, which is a midstream arm. He started for the loves. He'll be at the uh, Thrive event. Oh, good. Well, listen, we are, obviously, I've, if we didn't uh, fawn over you guys enough during this last little 45-minute interview, it's we hope you know that we wish you the best of luck. One of the things that, uh, you know, John and you guys have always been clear about is just how much you appreciate Dave. I, I love David. I, I feel like David is the most connected guy in our entire industry. And I know that uh, there's there's always goodwill between the road and, and DEP and obviously Josh. And I've reached talking about myself in the third person. I told you, I've, yeah, it's a delusion. It happens. Josh yep. Lowry appreciates you guys being here today. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, we appreciate the opportunity to come on your show. And, um, you know, again, I'm going to, uh, people are going to get sick of me saying this. I'm going to tell you, you need to register for the event. If you've gone on to LinkedIn and think you've registered because you hit accept the invite, you haven't registered. So you do need to register for the event. They do that through your website. Uh, they could just go to the landing page of, yes, they can get to the landing page yes. of the event through our website. It's actually was on LinkedIn as well. I don't know if it's still it is. there. It's on LinkedIn. It's in a, uh, like a slightly odd spot on LinkedIn. You can find it. It takes a little digging. Well, so I asked that. I said, why is it so hard to find? And they said, well, this isn't, this is an invite only. They didn't want to make it overly easy for everyone to register because. Yeah. So, so, so I got one last important question. If, if, if the barbecue is Woodstock for frackers, what's the Thrive Conference going to be? What do you oh, think they're going to That's have? a good question. Solid I haven't question. figured that one out yet. That is a great question. We'll have to see, I guess. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll have need, to see. We need the guy from Texas Monthly to come write an article on Thrive. It's the, uh, no, no, no. We, it's the South by Southwest of energy. South by Southwest yes. of energy? Technology and. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ah. Or we can make it our own thing. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's going to be the that's going to be the thrive energy of music. Soon right. Enough. Exactly. Yes. There you go. Well, listen. Um, this has been a great one. You mentioned Jet Fuel. Uh, United Airlines came on as a sponsor this year, which which is an amazing um, tribute to our our audience, quite honestly, and the level of people listening out there that they want to get your attention to talk about business travel. So we're going to have some of these guys come on later uh, this show. But you know, look, John Daniels out there traveling. Um, you, David, I know you haven't stopped working. The only place you can't travel is on your fishing trip. Uh, but other than that, I know you're grinding it out there. So if you're listening to this, you know, be safe, but let's get back to business as usual. 
cool. Let's try to go back and see some friends, shake hands, kiss babies, and all that good stuff. So thank you guys. Best of luck to Daniel Energy Partners and Thrive uh, Energy Conference. This is going to wrap up today's episode of the Oil Field 360 podcast from the Fletcher Azul Podcast Studio. If you have any uh, questions or concerns, uh, email us at or look us up at oilfield360.com. If you have any complaints, you send those to David at oilfield360.com. <laughs> if you have anything that you think was great, you send to Josh at oilfield360.com. And uh, that'll do it. David, anything for you? No, that's it. Thanks right, again Thanks for being guys. here, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. This episode of the Oilfield 360 podcast was brought to you by the following companies. EIV Capital, a growth equity-focused private equity firm, which has been providing capital to the North American energy industry since 2009. The team has extensive experience across the entire energy value chain. We invite you to visit EIVCapital.com and learn how we partner with entrepreneurs to build businesses. Merit Advisors, crafting holistic tax solutions to improve your cash flow and add profit back to your bottom line. When it comes to state and local taxes, Merit is the expert in the oil and gas industry. Visit MeritAdvisor.com. World Oil. For more than 103 years, World Oil has provided global decision makers with coverage of the latest market intelligence and technological advances relating to the upstream oil and gas industry. To subscribe and learn more about these essential resources, please visit worldoil.com slash subscribe. Thank you to our sponsors, Simmons Energy, a division of Piper Sandler, SimmonsPSC.com, Lockton Global Energy and Marine, Lockton.com, Tomahawk Safety, TomahawkSafety.com, Prang & Associates, Prang.com, Daniel Energy Partners, DanielEP.com, EIV Capital, EIVCapital.com, Galtway Marketing, GaltwayMarketing.com, Range Valuation Services, RangeValuationServices.com, Merit Advisors, MeritAdvisor.com, World Oil, WorldOil.com, Fletcher Azul Tequila, FletcherAzulTequila.com. For more information on today's guest and to learn more about our sponsors, please follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, or at oilfield360.com. Piper Sandler Companies, NYSE PIPR, is a leading investment bank and institutional securities firm driven to help clients realize the power of partnership. Securities brokerage and investment banking services are offered in the U.S. through Piper Sandler & Company, member SIPC and FINRA, and Europe through Piper Sandler Limited, authorized and regulated by the Securities and Futures Commission. Asset management products and services are offered through four separate investment advisory affiliates, U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC-registered Piper Sandler Investment Management, LLC, PJC Capital Partners, LLC, and Piper Sandler and & Company, and Guernsey-based Parallel General Partners Limited, authorized and regulated by the Guernsey Financial Services Commission. Simmons Energy, a division of Piper Sandler, are the energy specialists of Piper Sandler.